Starfleet Escape Podcast. Prepare for launch in 3, 2, 1. Enjoy the ride. Welcome to the Starfleet Escape Podcast on the 4i Radio Network. We we escape into the Star Trek universe. This is episode number 85 and is being recorded on December 7th, 2018. Today's topic, upcoming Star Trek series, Picard in Lower Decks. I'm Aaron. And I'm Clive. This episode is sponsored by Revenge Lover, designs and illustrations stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off your order. How's it going, Clive? Uh, very well. Uh, so this is our annual uh, meetup, our annual chat. Uh, of the Trek universe, uh, a good good topic, good topic this time. Oh very, yeah, very good. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I agree. One of my favorite uh, characters. I think everyone's uh, well, maybe not everyone's favorite captain, but uh, certainly mine. Yeah, I'm I'm holding out for the Cisco series that obviously will be coming <laughs> at some point when it comes back from the uh, from the profits. But no, it's it's a it's a great time to be alive as a Star Trek fan. It really is, mm-hmm. um, especially to all those people who are listening who absolutely despise Discovery and, and everything that the uh, that the the Kurtzman universe stands for. It's a great time to be a Star Trek fan. <laughs> yes, there's so much happening at the moment. It's brilliant. It really is. Yeah, no no doubt. So much is coming out right now. It kind of feels like the 90s with all the different stuff being pumped out for star trek yeah totally um it's just i just hope we don't get to the sort of saturation level uh that we that i think we got to kind of about 97 98 maybe towards sort of the turn of the, you know the millennium mm-hmm. um when we had enterprise and we had voyage and we had deep space nine with the movies and, and it just all seemed to be everything uh and that's i think that's the thing where we've got to be kind of careful at the moment that we don't get too sucked into a, a really an overload of, of, right. of track because that's because it's gonna it's gonna ruin it no that's uh, very true i think one of the things that might help is that there there's no overlap in the series at least not yet um yeah we we got little breathers little breaks in between yeah definitely um, but i'm sure we'll We'll cover that, and, and I think CBS's concept of what they might get onto as we dive into those those shows and, and the possibilities of the future, definitely. No doubt. Let's move into our segment called "Would You Buy It?" And no, uh, no. <laughs> there you go, John. Uh, right, let's move on. <laughs> no, sorry. Go on. Uh, so you're a, you're a hard pass on this. I. I just, I can't see the, I can't see the point in it. And I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I love the episode this is about. I love the, the, the whole, can we say what it is? Yeah, yes, you know, yes. Right. Yeah, so it's, it's a Lakitas of Borg diecast collectible mask with light and sound, not less. Um, <laughs> and I just, I'm, I love Lakitas. I think it's a great character. I think Pitcher Stewart did a great job with it. I think the episode is one of the all-time classics. It's the one that is revered and, you know, it's, it's, probably more watched than, than many other episodes of, of Trek. Mm-hmm. Do I do I really need a copy of Lacutus's mask on my bedside table at night with its little laser beam pumping out <laughs> lasers and giving me a 48-page hardcover book of the history of Lacutus and the Borg? Not really. Mm. 
I think I could live without it. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not pulling me in this one. I've got to say. I've got to say. <laughs> I see. Now I'm a big uh, fan of the Borg. Uh, yeah. And Lacutus. Uh, I would think about buying this if it was a life-size mask. Now that would be a different thing. I think if it was a life-size replica. Yeah. I think you'd be more drawn to it. Mm-hmm. If it was, I would definitely jump on it. It's actually not that expensive with Amazon Prime. Uh, right now, it's uh, up just over twenty-one U.S. dollars. Yeah, it's about the same UK kind of money. Yeah, it's about yeah. twenty-two, about twenty-one, twenty-two could. Yeah, it's about right. Yeah, so it's not a bad price point. I just wish it was something I could put on my face. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't know how you. I mean, can you? Is, it's it's one of those pieces that you kind of go in. I can certainly do without it in my collection because of the scale it is, mm-hmm. and I just I don't know how much detail you're going to get and mm-hmm. how, what kind of quality you're going to get in that. So I think I need to physically see it, which I will do at some point. I'm sure there'll be a, a show or something where I'll they'll have one on display or they'll have. But do I need a 48 48 page book on the history of the Borg? Not really. It's <laughs> it's something that's been quite comprehensively covered i think by numerous other publications right it's a great idea but is it a little bit too kind of trying to cash in too much i i, I think it might be i mm-hmm. think it might be i see yeah no i agree with you so uh a pass and a maybe uh i guess it just depends on how fanatic you are about lacutus yeah and the borg yeah, I think I think you could spend your money on maybe a I don't know, get on the get the pop vinyl liqueur because that's class. That's oh, really I, good. I have that actually. <laughs> ah, yeah, that's good. That's great. Yeah. Get that one instead. Or the the the, the uh, diamond select liqueur, which is again a, a cracking a cracking figure. So yeah, I'd go for those. I don't have that. I do have uh, two playmates uh, liqueur figures. <sighs> yes. Uh, I have. I remember that. One out of the package, one in the package. Um, and I think the one in the package I have has like a metallic chest plate. Uh, so, so it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. That is, that is pretty cool. I, I remember being when I was in my younger days. Uh, you know, time of why we flip back and uh, I, I, yeah, the the, the cutest one was always one I kind of really, I really did want to get. I never got the cutest one. I was uh, a bit gutted. But uh, yeah, that's. It's a cracking figure. Saying all, all the kind of, that's why I think this this kind of loses something on me. Mm-hmm. It's because it's not that kind. It's not got that kind of ethos around it. I think the Playmates figure is is you know it's, it was really wanted and you really wanted to have that and and it's just a, a lovely piece of history. I think this has kind of come too late in the process. It's kind of trying to catch up on. I think maybe the, the you know the, the the love for Trek that there is now, but I think it's come it's come too late in the. Uh, in the in the big scheme of things, because of what it is, and that's something that was relative, you know, relative to track, right? Thirty years ago, I feel you there. Why don't we uh, jump in here? That sounds like a plan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Picard series, uh, which this week, I I guess it was announced that it would be premiering at the end of 2019. Yeah. Um... I I would love to say that I have absolute faith with CBS <laughs> uh-huh. that 
that is going to happen. All I'm going to say is, do we remember what happened with Discovery? Oh, certainly. And you could, you, you could pretty much leave it there. I mean, Discovery was, what, January 2017, and then it was May 2017, and it was actually, it's going to be maybe January 2018, and you were kind of going, oh, I'm not sure if it's going to get there, are we going to get it? And we finally got it in the January, as we were promised, but it took them three goes, and and a year of a year extra of universe building and doing a load of stuff that they needed to do with to make Discovery right. And I'm just thinking 2019 is... is, is not that far away um and they've got to do and i remember this point with with discovery when we were 12 months away from where it was going to be going live and we were going to see it and they were in virtually the same place they are with the picard series right um and i just don't have the faith that it's i think it's going to be 2020 i think we're even looking into 2020 mm. as uh, if, uh, a worst case really do yeah i don't think you're wrong i don't i don't want them to rush it either yeah. uh, you know they got to get it right i mean it's a character that we all love and revere yeah. and uh yeah just need to get it right it needs to be it needs to be done correctly i think i don't think they need to do quite as much universe building as they've done with discovery because right. with discovery it was it was something that had to be formed and they had to create their version of the prime universe and and whatever they wanted to do with it with with this there's there's a lot of it already built it's it's they've got a lot more freedom i think they don't have to set it in space they could set it on a vineyard a vineyard in france for all i think we care um as long as they made it relevant to the character and made it a good series mm-hmm. um but it's it, yeah i mean what how old how old's patrick stewart now he's about 70s yeah 70s. Um, yeah i mean how long are they going to want this to to run for mm. how long are they going to want, want to do that um right. and then, but yeah it's 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 a series i think everybody wants it i think it's another test by the kurtzman era to see if people really do want to revisit the glory days if you will and and picard who you know is probably one of the greatest characters that, that trek's ever created mm-hmm. um or do they want something new? You know, which way is it going to go? Are people going to want to see the twenty, you know, the twenty first century version of, of next gen? Um, do they want to see it updated for a modern audience? Do they want to see that, or do they want to see something completely fresh and new, which is what we get from we get from Discovery? Right. Uh, and I think it could determine where the the next sort of 10, 15 years of Trek go. Will it be a, you know, we pop a new a, a, an older series in here and there, or will we actually be purely doing new stuff going forward? Right. Why do you think Picard is the best character to lead a a new series set in the 24th or 25th century? Or do you think there is a better character that they should have chosen? I I think it's the best one. I really do think it's the best one. Uh, Picard has a, a reverence to him as a character um he he has a great standing it's interesting if you watch things like encounter at farpoint and you look how the character developed very quickly um from that episode into something completely different for the bulk of the series and really was quite a different character where he ended at the end of nemesis to where he'd been at the, at the beginning of that journey um he has the there's a presence there's a more a more calm demeanor it's a more diplomatic outlook i think I don't see this being a very big action series. I think this will, I think because of the way Picard is as a character uh, and the kind of stories that, that set themselves to him, 
it will be more in a Star Trek vein that I think all the fans will be happy with, which I think will then mean that it it, it, it mean becomes more relevant for the for the larger fan base, which I think is a very clever move. Um, but it's it, it's Patrick Stewart, you know, it, he mm. will he will do whatever it takes. He's involved with the creation of this series as well as we've seen from the first photo that came out from from the kind of writers' room, if you will, mm-hmm. um, from from uh, the Picard series. I mean, they don't need, they don't need to call it. I mean, to be honest, they could call it Picard. They don't even need to call it Star Trek. They can just call it Picard. Right. I think, and and you would you would know it because that name is so synonymous with Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like you could have left it called Enterprise after seasons one and two, and it was still. But if everybody would have known it was still Star Trek, it wouldn't. It didn't really make a massive difference. Right. Um, and I think with Picard, it's the same. It's the same way. Uh, he has that 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 universal appeal that if you say Jean Luc Picard, everybody knows you're talking about Star Trek. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It's it's a, it's a no brainer for me. I think it's it's easily the best character to do it with. I don't think I don't think there's anybody else who has the kind of draw. Mm-hmm. that you would get from, from from Patrick Stewart as well. I totally agree with you. I guess, I mean, you could have done a Riker series, uh, like on, on board the Titan. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, if you couldn't get Picard. But I think Picard was definitely the best route uh, to go, especially to draw in uh, fans that are discovery haters and there are a couple of those (laughs) there's one one or two around um so maybe those holdouts that are refusing to uh buy into cbs all access having this i think um, and i think you mentioned that too earlier when we were uh speaking um yeah this will draw them in and have them you know subscribe for a year or more. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I think, yeah, the, you're all the fans, you guys who, um, are sort of dedicated next generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager kind of era fans of which I've got to say, I'm, I'm one of that kind of era. You know, I grew up on, mm. uh, on next generation. Um, I wasn't enamored with Picard to begin with, but I think as he grew over the series, when you got into season, season three, ironically, when you got to things like Best of Both Worlds and Locutus and, mm-hmm. and the Inner Light and, and things like Starship Mine, Chain uh, of Command, you can, you can list so many great moments of Picard right. that have been across not just the series, but into, um, into, you know, the, the movies, even Generations has great Picard moments. First Contact is amazing Picard moments. Nemesis and Insurrection, they're all about you know Picard is, is a massive character within that um, but he's not, he, I mean, he's not the, the, the character that's most screen time if we, we probably might come to that in a bit but I think that the, the quality of the character and there's so much more to tell because yes we've had some bits of it dribbled in through things like the end you know all good things and talking about um, uh, you know the aromatic syndrome and things that have happened there mm-hmm. and it's interesting if they're going to go down that line but but I think Picard's got Picard's got still quite an open book at the end of ne- you know at the end of Nemesis. What where is he going? What is he doing? We know what really everybody else is going to going to go and do. Mm-hmm. We kind of see where everybody's going. Picard just where where are we leaving him? Be interesting to see. Yeah, definitely. Who do you think should cameo in the series? Now, interesting because I was at the Destination Star Trek press conference. Mm-hmm. Um, which had uh, where Marina Sirtis, Michael Dorn, and Gates McFadden 
And the question, this is the one that was ended up, I think, being put across quite a bit of um, of, of media coverage, was the question they asked was, would you want to be in the Picard series? Mm -hmm. So I turned this kind of around and and they kind of said... Marina is said, and it was—I think it was—it was reproduced quite a lot, a lot of media outlets. Was was well, no, because we didn't really know anything about it until he got on the stage and went, "I'm doing Picard." That was the first time they knew about it. They knew nothing about it until that point. And then, and she said, "You know, well, we weren't asked back, were we?" Was kind of Marina Sirtis's attitude, and you could you could feel there was a, maybe a little bit of, of negativity in there that that mm. that they hadn't been in, consulted, shall we say, in regards to this series that was coming. Do we need to have a lot of cameos? I think I would. I would do what. It's it's a hard one. I think I was going to say you do what you know things like Next Generation is probably the best example where yeah they had a, a little cameo from DeForest Kelly in the pilot, but then really didn't touch on anything else until anything else strongly, shall we say, until maybe sort of season season three when we had a whole episode on Sarek and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think the Picard series, it needs to develop its own personality. It might be interesting to have somebody in the beginning, you know, uh, what happened to Data? Did he end up being transplanted? His, you know, his personality overriding B4? Did right. he, did he, whatever happened there? But I think there's, there's the, the challenge with Picard series is, is do we want to know the answer to a lot of questions that we've had for the last 20 years? Mm. Which, which means that if you have cameos, they're going to answer those questions, which will might anger people who read a lot of the books. So I've read a lot of the I read a lot of the the, the, the Simon and Schuster novels mm-hmm. and the series that that's taken on over sort of you know, 10, 20 years. And you've got to think if they if if this series starts putting people in, it puts in your wharfs, it puts in your your Troys, it puts in for episodes and makes it relevant to make them want to come and do it. Mm-hmm. How much is it going to affect what fans perceive already, or how is it going to ruin? Are cameos gonna gonna ruin the uh, the existing universe, the existing conception that people have? Is it gonna ruin next generation in some mm. respects? Because I know it's been left open in a nemesis, but if you start saying, "Well, this is actually where Wolf goes on his path. This is what happens," or actually, uh, Doctor Crush is dead <laughs> because Gates McFadden didn't want to do it. So you know, she's right. she's dead, and uh, actually, Wesley ended up in Starfleet anyway. You know, you, you kind of go, "Hang on a minute," but that ruins my that 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 isn't what I wanted to think about. That isn't where I wanted these people to be, or I envisaged them being. So I think cameos are quite dangerous for this early on. I think it needs to settle itself down, but. Cameos wise, I think there's there's an option for a Q cameo in there, definitely. Yeah. I think it would be a it would be a wise move to put it in at some point. I'm not mm-hmm. saying early on. I think it would be great to see it done correctly and with respect and not how Voyage treated Q. I agree. Um who else would I say I put in as a cameo? I think there has to be some I would love to see Ice Krieg cameo mm. even if it's in something it would you know what would be really clever and and this is maybe a, a curveball is that Alice Krieg that there is some kind of echo of the board queen within Picard that is that as he's getting older it's getting louder uh, interesting I'm just pulling this I'm just pulling this one out of the back but if, right. if, if you imagine that kind of the, the board queen is, is or there's some echo of the board that actually as he's you know it's maybe not aeromotic syndrome that affects him because of whatever the board did or whatever and but it it 
he has some sort of echo there and we could end up with you know Alice Creed coming back as the Borg Queen to as a as kind of almost a, a ghost or a, a, some sort of figment of his imagination at some point mm. be interesting to see that kind of thing I think I think we'd I think we're better going for cameos that are that were guest stars rather than cameos of the main cast okay yeah I I um I can see that there's actually a character uh, I was watching this episode the other day. Uh, the name mm. of it escapes me. Maybe it's Bloodlines. Maybe it's not. The one where the Ferengi... Yeah, uh, it's, it's Bloodlines with Jason Vigo. Yeah. I would like yeah. to see that Picard is still keeping a correspondence with him. Yeah. Um, I think that would be very cool to see. Uh, not necessarily have the actor reprise his role, but um, yeah. it could be something like that episode uh, Data's Day when he's not necessarily reading a letter <laughs> out loud to yeah. to him, but um, okay. But you uh, s- you know see the letter or he talks about him to someone or something like that. Yeah, I think I think. I completely agree that that I think it needs to be the guest kind of characters and things and moments because, and it's something I considered for a, a Trek series at some point, or even just writing a Trek series would be what's happened after all these planet visits. They always talk about going back to them, you know, <laughs> with the Picard series, have some of those moments of, of going back to them. I even considered, and this is probably something that might come in when we talk about Lower Decks as well, but I even considered a series where it was like, you know, the Enterprise warps off. What the hell happens after they go? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> who comes and cleans up after him and sorts out all the stuff that they've left behind. Right. And, and and I think, and it'd be interesting for the, for the Picard series to go back to some of those points, to go back to, um, you know, uh, the planet from Nemesis, to go back to the Baku and see what happens. And, 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 and that's, a, that's a random example, but you know what I mean? There might be key mm-hmm. moments we could just drop back into or, um, but I think, I think, I think main cast got to be left alone. I really think the main cast has got to be left alone. They're the ones that the fans will, will damage the franchise if, if they start playing around with them. I think you've got a better option if you start looking at some of the, the guest characters who you might have to pay a bit of money to use the rights for, but it might be, cheaper than getting Jonathan Frakes or Michael Dorn or whoever to appear and make it a pure Picard series that's about his character and, and, and where he is. I see. Yeah, that that makes sense. I have some ideas uh, for the series. Um, if we can uh, just jump to that. Uh, so I kind of I kind of rank them from most possible to least. So my first idea here is uh, the Federation doesn't want to take in Romulan and Riemann refugees uh, after the destruction of the Romulan system. Yep. So Picard is working to allow them to cross the border. Uh, and we learn more about Federation politics. Yeah. I think that's a that's a more reasonable. I think you've got to say this is going to be a more political series. I, f- I feel like we're going to get a, an ambassador Picard or a, you know what I mean, a, something right. that's going to be. And I think if they do it off the back and I, I like what you've done there, the idea of it's kind of coming off the back of Nemesis as well and the back of the Kelvin films. So it's tying a lot of uh, a lot of the franchise threads together there, which is mm-hmm. a, a really good idea. Really good idea. Yeah. And uh, I think. Uh, Patrick Stewart would come back for like that kind of storyline. 
Yeah, it's I th- yeah because as a person, you look at the kind of stuff that he tweets or he puts on Facebook or that he talks about, and it's it is a lot of it is very relevant political material. He's quite active mm-hmm. uh, around and, and very vocal around a lot of a lot of quite important subjects um, that are relevant that are absolutely relevant at the moment. As you as you kind of noticed there, you know the. The, the Trump presidency and all that kind of stuff. And we might not want to get too political because I'm, I'm on the other side of the water. But right. yeah, you can see where they could really make this a very relevant Star Trek as it was back in the 1960s. They could really home in on, on a lot of the, the stuff that I think Discovery hasn't, hasn't tackled and uses as a very sort of as a big message board. Second. Picard's embarking on a bucket list type adventure as the early stages of the era modic syndrome start to set in. Yeah. Um, I think we can, you know, uh, talk about mental health issues, uh, healthcare systems. I don't know. Do you, uh, do you have universal healthcare over there? We, we have something called the NHS. Okay. In the UK, so if you if you if in the UK, I'm sorry, I'm going to bore you with the NHS for about ten seconds. Um, but if, so over here, we uh, we have a health system where we we it's free. Well, it's not it's free because we pay taxes and things like that. But it, right. you, you know, you go to the doctors and you book an appointment, and you we have uh, prescriptions that are um, subsidised in some ways, but you still pay a everybody pays a, a set amount for every prescription you have. So you know, pay for prescriptions are X amount whatever it is that you take mm-hmm. um, and you go and pay that to the doctors and you get it. And you know, if you break your leg and you go to the hospital and they fix it and you come out and that's it. And, oh. and we don't have to worry about kind of, I know with you, I'm, I'm, I'm not too au fait with the, with the American system, but I know it's, it's, you know, if you break your leg, you got to pay for it basically. You've got to pay for a new leg. Um, yeah. uh, we don't, it's, it's not like that over here. Um, you know, we don't have to, we don't have to kind of have that worry of how we're going to pay for our medical bills and that kind of thing. It's all done. You know, we have, we have personal, we have health insurance, life insurance and that kind of stuff. But if mm-hmm. you, if you have to go to hospital, you've got to go to hospital. Um, and it just gets sorted on the, on the national health. You can pay to go privately, which means you can get it done quicker in some respects, mm-hmm. but that's not necessarily a guarantee, but it's, um, you do find if you go private, it's, it's, you know, you get you get maybe a, a nice fluffy mattress, uh, whereas the the NHS will give you a bit of a plastic one. Uh, so it's 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 not super expensive, but it does what it needs to, if right. that makes sense. No, so it's not not very posh. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean, uh, the American healthcare system isn't that uh, great. I don't want to bore anyone with with it. I think the series could maybe explore some of Starfleet Medical. Uh, we haven't had any kind of uh, medical series or any like ongoing medical type mm. of drama in Star Trek. So I think that could be interesting to see. Is it going to be a stats? It's an interesting point you've brought up actually. You're talking about Starfleet Medical there, but is it even going to be a Starfleet series? Because mm. we know that Picard, we know we know Picard's not going to be captain of a starship. We know that now. They've, they've said that that it's very unlikely he's going to be the captain of a starship by this point. So what the what is he going to is he even going to be in Starfleet anymore? Is it even you know is is the federation is the federation still around? What's the federation like? How is he going to be part of that, or is it just going to be that's that's going to be the big thing? Is he's going to be a massive? This is going to be a big step out of the the usual system of it's there's a ship or a star base and everybody's in Starfleet. Right. 
it's going to be that's it's going to be a big one because um, I, I I I think it's I just have this feeling that they're not going to it's it's going to really really be a, a curveball story. Mm. Really do, really do. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting because I mean. I'm automatically drawn to all good things where we have Picard in the vineyard. Um, I kind of hope that he ventures, if that's if that's the case, I hope he ventures outside of his vineyard uh, and we don't just have a series of him pruning his vines. <laughs> Gardening um, with Picard. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Seven seasons of watching Patrick Stewart cut some vines. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, that uh, we'd all be we'd all be glued to that. That'd be fantastic. But it'd be interesting. I think I think you know we, I, I might I might be tread, but I think it's um, you would have good cause for a Beverly Crusher cameo in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you know if, if she did if they had, were divorced or maybe they, I, I think I think there'd be there'd be the option to have her as a more regular guest mm-hmm. to make it worthwhile. I think that's that be that be the key with that one. Yeah. Um... I agree there, and actually, there's something else I was thinking about, which I didn't actually add to the notes here, but I'll, uh, I'll just say it off the cuff here. Mm. It would be interesting if all of the trauma that Picard has faced over over the years mm. with uh, you know the Borg being tortured by Cardassians, losing his clone that was pretty much his only living relative at that point since his brother and and nephew were killed in the fire in generations uh so i mean that has to put a toll on you and i think it would be interesting to explore that and yeah with that i can see having a troy cameo doing counseling sessions with him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. If she... And it could almost, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I could see that. Uh, I think, I think that'd be interesting to, I think with that one, you could even bookend episodes with that, with that, mm. with that relationship. Yeah. Um, maybe not every episode you could do it, you know, maybe three or something like that. But I think, yeah, you could make that character relevant to the, to the situation. I think that's the, that's the key. If you are going to bring back any of the, the main cast and not saying you don't have to bring them all from next gen, you could bring some from Deep Space Nine. You could bring, you know, mm. O'Brien could be in there or Bashir or whatever, or even Janeway, if you, if you wanted to push it down to, into Voyager, uh, but you've, you've got to, you've got to make them relevant to the story, not just chuck yeah. them in for, for the sake of look, hey guys, it's it's data. <laughs> right. Hey, and, and and I don't think Brent Spiner will do it to be honest, because he's he, he he's openly said that he thinks he's too old to do the role now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what what we do get, because we're going to get something. They'll give us something, but it's just what it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. But I agree with you. I think that the, the Picard one, bucket list kind of stuff. You know, it might be that he's been given a certain amount of years to live or whatever, and he he knows that that's that's his finite. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's where he's going to get up to, and and this could be him going and doing all the things that you know that we can we can touch on the archaeological stuff. We can touch on mm. you know the mental health problems that he's got, and that could be another way you could bring in things like the you know the echoes of the board queen, or and it might be right. get to you could guess cat you could guess some people from the past who uh, who've caused that trauma um, mm-hmm. if it's kind of you know playing with his mind. Yeah, yeah, I think that would that would definitely be good because I mean you see some of that in. Mm. In uh, first contact, when he's having mm-hmm. that dream sequence, uh, yeah, 
I would imagine it's not the first time he's had a nightmare about the Borg. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, just the first time we've seen it on screen. And finally, on my on my list here of of series, which the least likely, I think, the series plays out, and at the very end, we find out that it was just Picard's echo from the Nexus, and none of the series actually happened. Yeah, you'd be popular with that one. <laughs> <laughs> but if, if we did yeah. that, we could have a Shatner cameo, because his echo is also in the Nexus. Um, yeah. And we could be led to believe that Q is moving Picard through time, but it's actually the Nexus and him moving mm. between segments. It's interesting we both want Q in this, but it's got to be the right Q. It's yeah. got to be the, the next generation Q, not the, the sort of second and third appearance in Voyager Q, because I think that they, he was ruined. It's got to be Delance back at his, his Picard-baiting best uh, for this one, definitely. Yeah, I mean... I don't see how you could do a series of Picard without Q. Yeah. No, I think I don't think you can. I yeah. really don't think you can. Um, there's certain things that you're going to have to include in it. You're going to have to include mentions of the Locutus. You've got to mention and bring into it Q. You're going to have to bring Beverly Crush into it in some way. You're going to have to bring um, the Cardassian. So there's loads of stuff. Inner Light. The flute's gonna have to be in there at some point. It, there's, there's tons of little bits that they will they will have to put in, and not try and force them in and make them feel natural within the series because people want people will watch it to see the references, and mm-hmm. to see that they've they've honoured the the history of, of Next Generation and, and Picard. Yeah, that's the, they've, they've got to do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Just get it right, CBS. Just get it right. If you're listening to this, just just get it right. Just yeah. don't. Don't cut this one up. <laughs> I think they will because of uh, who they have behind it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, with Patrick Stewart, you know, helping along. And uh, I know, well, I was watching some YouTube interview with him, and he, I guess he started watching some episodes because I guess he, you know, I, yeah. I don't know if many actors watch their performances. Um, but he went back and started rewatching, and uh, he was like, "Oh, they're they're pretty good." I'm hoping that um, it'll be great. Yeah, I think he knows what what needs to be done with it. I think he will make sure that the, the character is honoured uh, and and maintained and and kept as the as the Picard that we. The, the core of it will be the Picard we know, but you've got, I think, 20 years, you know, you're talking 20 years of experiences that we won't have seen. Right. So there's going to be 20 mm-hmm. years that they can mine of stuff that we will not see that they can go, well, actually, 15 years ago, I went here and did this. Uh, and this right. is something I did when I was on the Enterprise after you didn't see me do that because it happened two years after Nemesis. And, oh, that's what Riker did on the Titan. And think, you know, you know there's, there's, a, there's 20 years of, of, of Trek history that, that nobody will have touched that they can just do whatever they want with. Right. And they really can do whatever they want with it because it's going to be 20 years after Voyager. It's going to be 20 years in a period of time that, that will not have been ever even dabbled in by by the, the Berman era. Right. It's a massive opportunity to mine and then to create effectively a new new era of the prime universe. Mm-hmm. It'll definitely be interesting to see what they do. Mm, definitely. Pretty well. 
I'm just, just, it's going to be 2020, not, not 2019. <laughs> well, I'm holding out hope that it's 2019. Uh, I really hope it is. Because actually, they, they, season two of Discovery, I thought there was a quick turnaround. I didn't think that they would get it done so quickly. Yeah, I was shocked actually. Um, but you've got to think they—they they, a lot of the stuff they will have been reusing from season one. So a lot mm-hmm. of the stuff for the Klingon homeworld sets will already exist. So they can reuse that. All right. the Discovery sets they've been reusing for the short treks anyway. Right. So they can—they can—they have a lot of stuff built and that's good quality that they can use. Um, it, it, I guess the budget for this year has gone on creating the Enterprise. Uh, and whatever this this main big sort of arc story is going to be that, that this year is going to focus on, but a lot of the stuff I would think is going to be is going to be on the ship. So therefore, they will have will have already got a lot of a lot of that stuff pretty much ready to go. Right, and they already have the uh, like aesthetics down, like the special effects. So yeah. I, I mean, they have like they know what they're doing now. They they're they've done a season. So yeah, hopefully they're they're able to crank him out. Uh, quickly, obviously, quickly and, and quality maintained. Right. I, do think, I think right. I think the quality of Discovery has been fantastic. Uh, whether the stories have, have lived up to, and I, I did a, a podcast last week where we were talking about this, and we were talking about you know the quality of the series, and in twenty years, will the stories from Discovery actually stand up as well as the stories from Next Gen and Deep Space Nine stand up twenty years later? Mm. You know, will we be, will we be remembering them in the same kind of vein of oh, you know what? That Discovery first season, it was amazing. You know, this episode and this episode just was outstanding in the same way that we refer to things like, you know, Best of Both Worlds and Intel Moonlight and Timeless and um, uh, the, the, the great stories that we've had from those series that we now, you know, 20 years later look back and go, oh, they were, they were amazing, well written, well produced, well acted. Will we look at Discovery in the same light? Will we look at the Picard series in the same light? And will we look at, at the other couple of things we've got to talk about here as well? Will we look at those in the same light that we do with, with Next Gen? Right. 20 years later. <laughs> 20 years later. Oh, man. I don't want to think that far ahead. I'm going to be an old man in 20 years. <laughs> I've got a couple of years on you yet. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm nearer to it already. I have put a few more grey hairs since the last folks, so trust me, it's, uh, I'm, I'm nearly there. It's a big 4-0 next, it's a big 4-0 next year. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're an old man. Uh, <sighs> yeah, totally gone. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm right behind you. I'm only... Uh, I'm 35, so I'm not that far behind you. Yeah, you got a few years. Yeah. I'll tell you what it's like. I'll let you know. <laughs> when you start to fall apart. That's already happened. <laughs> it's been going on for years. That's my own fault. Anyway, yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So cool. why don't we jump into Lower Decks? Dead excited, dead cautious. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Really, uh, you know, really excited. Dead cautious. I just, I'm like, this is, this is brilliant. This is the animated series we have, we have cried out for for 46 years um, after the original you know, TOS series. It's, you know, we've wanted the animated series. There have been so many attempts at it, Star Trek Federation and and a whole load of other stuff. I think that I talked about on, on the site about uh, six, about two or three months ago when we, when this first came came out that it was happening. I think this is a really bold move. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to crowd the the market with live action series. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a half hour series, adult animated comedy. Do I think they need to just be light on the comedy? Yes, because I think they still need to honour Trek as it stands. 
Okay. Um, I, I don't think they want to go too heavy on the comedy front because I don't think it, I, I've found that Trek as a comedy doesn't necessarily work for me. Um, there's very few episodes of, of comedy Trek that I can kind of get, where they've, where they've done comedy that I can say I, I really enjoyed. Trials and Tribulations, Magnificent Ferengi are pretty much the only two episodes of Trek where I think I laughed <laughs> at some point at them. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's 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 it's. I mean, you know, they're they're being bold. There's a two season order for this thing already. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a really bold move. Um, what, what do you what do you what do you think of this one? Uh, when I heard that it was going to be a comedy, I uh, I had my reservations. Mm-hmm. I'm a big Rick and Morty fan, and the head writer oh, and the executive producer Mike, uh, uh, Mick. Uh, McMahon. 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 Yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or Mike, uh, as we're going to call him from now on. We'll call him Mike. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Rick and Morty, and yeah. uh, so I, I feel a little easier with that, but still, uh, I don't know how I feel. Um, I've always. It was, wanted, say, oh, yeah. Go on, go on, go on. I, go on. I've always wanted an animated series, uh, like a modern animated series, Uh, but I never thought to myself I wanted an animated comedy Star Trek series. Yeah. I think that's the that's the that's the thing, isn't it? It was like we're getting an anime series. Yeah, it's gonna be amazing. Oh, it's gonna be a comedy. Um, that was the that was the the double edged sword, if you will, with this one. Mm-hmm. Is that you kind of got what you wanted, but not quite what you wanted. I, mean, I don't know. Have you have you? I I um, followed the the TNG season eight um, Twitter feed that that Mike McMahon did, mm-hmm. um, which was I thought was was at times hilariously funny. Um, and he did a book which was which I've got, which is called Warped, which was TNG season oh, eight, yeah. which is a great book and it's it's a funny, it's a good funny read. If it's done in that vein, it could be genius. Okay. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just not sure if Trek is suitable for a comedy series. Is it a franchise that needs to to have that kind of element to it? Is it, mm-hmm. is it something that's going to cheapen the franchise because it's just something that is so different to anything that it's done before? I mean, I know things like Star, you know, like, um, Farscape did the kind of animated skit episode. If I don't know if you ever watched Farscape. Um, they did an animated piece in there, which was kind of a bit of a comedy, kind of Looney Tunes style um, episode at one point. And it, it really worked because it was kind of unusual and it worked within the concept of the show. Mm-hmm. But this is going to be completely, completely animated series, completely self-contained. Mm-hmm. I just, I just don't know. I don't know, mate. I really, I'm just, I'm, I'm, my jury is still out on it really, until I see something and hear something yeah. from it. To, to, to know what's going to go on with it. I mean, I can only assume that they're trying to bring in a different market or target mm. a different market of of fans. Yeah. To bring them in and maybe introduce them to Star Trek in a different way. Are we trying to justify this, do you reckon? I'm <laughs> Are trying, we trying to. to. Just, do, do, you, do you feel with it when you talk about it, you're kind of like, I'm trying to justify this to myself that it's going to be good. Mm. And I, I, it just it's something that's just thought to me, just the way you were kind of talking about it then, and the way that I've, that I've been talking about it is, am I just 
just trying to convince myself that this is going to be a really good move um, and that it's going to be a, it's going to be great because the way we we think about it you know we're like oh you know it, it needs to be this and it needs to be right it's not we talked about the Picard series and we kind of both going it's going to you know it's going to be great it's got the right people on board it's going to be in the future which people have been crying out for it's going to be yes. this it's going to it's got to have this and it's got and we got excited about that with lower decks there's a kind of just I'm just 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 feel slightly frustrated right (laughs) yeah and uh, like it can't be rick and morty set in the star trek universe uh that's not gonna work um oh you you, you feel it can't you you can feel it you can feel that that and i love and this is the thing because you go i love rick and morty hang on a minute hang on a minute is that gonna work in a trek universe because i know people who love rick and morty but are not star trek fans right so is this an attempt to try and merge those two markets? Is it trying to try to get the people who watched that to, to watch Trek? And is it going to work? Possibly not, because I know people who aren't sci-fi fans who watch Rick and Morty because they find it funny. They genuinely think it's a great show because it, it you know, it, it, it's things like Back to the Future references and, and, and older sci-fi. You know, uh, there's, there's, there's Jan Michael Vincent references in there, if you, air, you know, Airwolf fan and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot aimed towards probably us who grew up in the 80s and sort of early 90s will get a lot of the things that are in Rick and Morty. Um, and I, my, my, my stepson watches it and he's what, 10 years younger, 10... Uh, several years younger than me <laughs> I was going to 10 he's now he's more than 10 years younger than me um, and, and he watches it but he's not a, a sci-fi fan in any way mm-hmm. but he loves it because it's a good comedy series right um, yeah I just it just makes me kind of shuffle on my seat when I talk about it and I think it's because we need to see something we need to see some kind of proof right. to go this is what we've done yeah I would like to see uh, some concept art from it, um, yeah. Just to see what direction they're going. If they're going into like something like a Rick and Morty style of animation, or mm. if they're doing uh, the animated series uh, from the seventies mm. kind of style, which I hope they don't do that. But something in between. I don't think a Rick and Morty style cartoon animated aesthetic yeah. would work uh, so I, I would definitely want to see some concept art yeah, and I think totally. that that will influence my opinion on, on the animated series yeah I think we they need to give us some kind of hard copy to, to see. I think the idea of the it's a bit focused on the you know the support crew, basically the guys in the bottom decks of the lowest rated ship in the entire Starfleet. I think is a cracking idea because that's what yeah you know, the, the the lower decks and the kind of when we've seen people who are lower ranked and that kind of thing has always been really popular. Lower decks itself as an episode um, right. learning curve to some degree in, in Voyager's first season as well. Um, you know when we saw those that it, it gave us another aspect of the show and I think looking at you know not the executive crew of the ship is is even something that discovery's not done um mm-hmm. you know it still had the bridge crew there's still a bridge crew in there they're not you know the regular cast as you will they are you know classed as, as kind of guest acting if you will with the with, with discovery but we've still not had that kind of looking at the gritty background i hope this is the crew of people you know who come around to kind of sweep up after the enterprise d's been and you know freed a population or destroyed the central computer of some some planet that's ruled by a, an electronic figurehead god you know you can imagine yeah i mean even if it's a even if it's a a 
ship that goes and clears up after Kirk's been to a planet. You can imagine the the comedy value, if you will, with with that that potential of you know. You can imagine this is the crew that's got to go and clean up after he's been to um, Val's planet in the Apple. Right. <laughs> you, know, you can imagine. You know, you go there and and you know they've got no no way of controlling this site anymore, and this these guys are just dumped on there to go and look after them and, and kind of clean up. And, and and you think of all the original series episodes and what Kirk left behind, <laughs> and you think of how this could this could really evolve from that there's loads of potential loads of potential right. there. and that's actually a good point i was always thinking this would be in the 24th century but mm. it could be in any point in yeah. in time yeah absolutely there's no there's no set on this at the moment to say you know when it's going to be yeah. we just know it's a two-season order and it's going to be on starfleet's least important ship so that could be any time it could be enterprise era i think it would work best in tos era i think that would be hilarious mm-hmm. um to kind of make a to not not poke fun at the, the 60s version of the show but i think there's there's a lot more options to go with there and a lot more ground they can play with Right. Um, it, particularly around episodes that, that you can lead off, you know, classic episodes you can lean off. What happens if they go back to the? Uh, they got to go and sort out whatever happened on the Guardian of Forever's planet, and you can, you know, you, you can see where they could they could run off into different stories and things like that. So yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. I can see what they're going to do, and that excites me. The possibility of what it could be excites me, but it's just that you need to show me something to give me some faith that it's going to be. Interesting. I don't watch it still, and I'm, I'm under no illusion that I won't watch it. Um, it's, <laughs> right. it I'm, and and I'm, you know, I'm not. I'm not one of these people who's going to go. Oh, it's not real Trek, and, and I don't want to watch it. It's part of this franchise, and it's it's another mm-hmm. aspect to this franchise, uh, and something that we need to watch and, and kind of appreciate. And, and it's another person's view on that franchise, mm-hmm. which I think is what every series is of Trek. It's just a, it's a it's a view and a uh, an opinion on on that. That what Roddenberry created back in 1964 right. um, with with the cage. If you think about it, you know that is that is probably the most pure piece of track ever. Is, is that that pilot episode, mm-hmm. um, and everything since then is just a interpretation of that, or, or, or a, a you know a a, a, a view on, on how that that should be um, executed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it, I, I, yeah, lower decks, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Final point, lower decks. Mm, yeah, okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we'll leave it at that. And uh, mm. we have some other potential series. Uh, yeah, um, I'll drop a curveball in actually before we do go to that. Sure. Because I want the section thirty-one. Uh huh. And the Michelle Yeoh series that has uh, been has been pumped around. I thought before yeah. we get into that because we got we got potential ones we're talking about here, right? Um, and and that that first one that we're coming to in a bit, it, it, I really want to kind of nail that one to the ground. Yeah. Um, but the Michelle Yeoh one, mm-hmm. um, you know, we know from the 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 deleted scene end sequence of what would have been season one that yep. there was this there's this section thirty one piece that they brought in, and there were elements of section thirty one on discovery in in the third the sort of third and fourth episodes of the of this first season, and they kind of got kind of just faded away into nothing it felt like <laughs> right. that was a that was yeah. a thread it felt like that was a thread there that we've gone ah but everything we've done in this series is really important everything's got a purpose and it will all come to, to pass and kind of the section 31 bit didn't until right at the end when they went oh hello we're section 31 and mm-hmm. we might have the potential to use the mirror georgie the emperor empress georgie character what do you think to it what do you think to this this section 31 uh option 
I'm not really a fan of it. Mm-hmm. I think it seems like it will be a thread in season two of Discovery. Yes, from what we've seen in the trailers, I would I would heartily agree with that one. But I uh, I can't see a series of Section Thirty One adventures. Uh, yeah. Going you sound on. about as convinced as you do about lower decks. <laughs> uh, well, I would. I think I'm. I'm more interested in lower decks than I am of a Section Thirty One series. Yeah, I think uh, it's. It, it could be. This could be the one that's too much too soon. If they did it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I don't know. It's. It seems like. I like Section Thirty One. At least I liked it in Deep Space Nine. Yeah. It was an ongoing uh, uh, plot point, but it wasn't every episode. No. Section 31. And then they, no. you know, they did it in Enterprise a little bit with Reed. Yeah, it was nicely retrofitted into, uh, retconned into Enterprise. Um, mm-hmm. I think that worked, that worked quite well. I think that it was quite still quite secret, meant that you could get away with it not being mentioned in TOS next gen. Um, but I think you're right. It, it worked at its best. It's best was Sloan in oh, yeah. Yeah. Deep Space Nine. Absolutely. The, the Sloan um, sort of Bashir dynamic that they, they kind of worked through there was was definitely the, the best piece of it and how they've explored that in, in later novels as well through the Section with 31 series, um, particularly focused on, on, on Bashir. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's – it's, I hope it's just more of a rumour and that it's more focused on the fact that they've probably just seen Michelle Yeoh being more involved in season two. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping there's kind of cross there's cross threads here and, and it's it's maybe not gonna happen just just yet. Yeah. I mean I I think like one off stories, like mm. a short trek of section thirty one would work fine. Yeah. Um I, I just can't I don't see myself why because it's like rooting for the bad guy at that point. If if I'm watching it, even if they're doing a job for the greater good, yeah, um, it's still kind of rooting for the bad guy. And I don't know yeah. if I want to do that. Is that is that what Trek's about? Is that kind of what you're thinking? Is that is it really a is it worthy of a of a series to kind of go down the dark and dirty route? Right, because that's what it would be. That's yeah. what it would be, I suppose. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. We'll throw that as a curveball. Be yeah. see what other people think about that and whether or not they would want to see a Michelle Yeoh led series. I'm not sure I could. I, I'm not. I'm not a massive fan of her as Georgie. Sorry, I'm probably just gonna get and uh, get slated <laughs> for that. But I just, I don't find her that engaging as Georgie. I thought she was better as Mirror Georgie than she was as real Georgie. Um, yeah. But I still didn't find her that that great a character mm-hmm. she's not mm-hmm. one that I would put in the pantheon of, of great Trek characters I could put 20 or 30 easily before I even considered um, putting putting um, Georgia in there um, yeah. but, but yeah I mean I was, I, 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 it's not I went to saying DST was another great thing because he had all the Discovery costumes there so you know I got to illegally touch Michelle Yeoh's golden <laughs> costume and stuff like that but anyway uh-huh. that's another story another story for another time and I didn't get thrown out which was good, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's it, yeah. Uh, Section thirty-one. Let's hold on. Let's hold off on it for a bit. Did hear someone say that they want? I don't know who it was actually. Maybe I just 
read a tweet <laughs> and cool. someone was like, oh, I want to see a uh, Giorgio series of her tenure on the on her ship. So like a prequel series. No, not another one. I think <laughs> right. I think we need to just I think we need to get away from doing prequels now. I think we've Discovery fine, happy with that. Thanks very much, but we need to be more creative, I think. I think we're, mm. we're hiding in the shadow of, of sort of TOS at the moment. Um maybe as a safe ground to bring Trek back. Great mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. Uh because of the potential of the Spock and the Enterprise and all that kind of stuff they're going to bring in season 2. But right. I I just no, don't need a Georgie. Don't need it. Really don't need it. I mean, you could reuse the sets from the Shenzhou, I suppose, but you know, that's about it. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a cool uh, a cool set there. But uh, let's move on here. We have a series which doesn't seem like it's going to come to be. Uh, yeah. Uh, SETI Alpha 5. A real shame. I yeah. mean, this was, you know, when you look back at the, one of the big announcements when, when Discovery was, was, uh, created was that Nicholas Mayer was going to come on as a, um, as an associate producer, I think it was at the time. Um, or he was in, in or co-producer or whichever, whatever producing role he was coming in as. And he was going to be involved with the writing of the show and it was going to be, this was going to be his return to Trek. His return to the glory days because he was linked in with, you know, two of great Trek's greatest films, uh, this rather Khan and with, with undiscovered country. And he helped, um, was it, he wrote, wrote and directed two, co-wrote four, uh, and then wrote and then, um, wrote and co-wrote, directed two, directed two, wrote, uh, co-wrote four and then wrote and directed six. That's, that's it. Mm. Um, and, he, he, this, this, but as we know, he's, he's not coming back for season two. We right. know that now he's, he's yeah. been, he's been erased from, from Trek. And it just feels like he was, it was almost, they put him in for lip service mm-hmm. for this first season. It doesn't really seem that he had any effect on it right. as a whole. And I'm really disappointed with that. And then there was the news that actually he was moving off from, from doing discovery to be given this free reign by Kurtzman to go and do this, this Khan series or whatever it was, this series that he was going to do. And everyone, this is, he's been brought back to do a Khan series. He's clearly been brought back to do a Khan series. Right. And this Khan series exists in some form. If it's right. just in a, in a, in a page, it's just on a, a memory stick somewhere. It exists <laughs> yeah. as a, as a concept, as a, as a, I don't know how far they got with the script, but it, it now that Nicholas Mayer has been ditched off completely, it, it it tragically looks like it's never gonna it's never gonna go anywhere. Right. It's a great shame um, to have put him in that position, given him the ability to go and do something, and then go. Yeah, we're not gonna do it now. Mm-hmm. It, 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 yeah. But yeah. is he a one trick pony? Is is, May, is Mayor a one trick pony? Is calm kind of his thing? Mm. I don't know. I mean, six was good. I liked Star Trek six. Yeah. Um. But uh, I don't know. Uh, from what it seems like, at least uh, what people are speculating, mm. is that this three-hour, three-day event that yeah. would have been scripted and filmed would have cost too much money Yeah. Uh, to warrant such a short series run, uh, basically a mini-series. Yeah, yeah. Um, which uh, probably, right? <laughs> it probably would have cost a lot of money for just uh, three hours worth of Star Trek. 
totally. But that's the potential, I think, with things like the the, the Section 31 um, series is they could do it as a, you know, the sets are there, they've got a lot of the material already. They could do it as a as a three-hour, you know, three over three nights, mm. three-day event. Um, and, and But I think you're right, the City Alpha 5 one, if, if you are familiar with any of the graphic novels and the stuff that they've done in the last sort of 20 years, there is a Khan ruling in hell series which they've re-released as part of the Eagle Wasp graphic novel collection um, probably about a year ago now um, which details everything from the end of Space Seed through to uh, through to Ratha, through to and including Ratha Khan mm. and it's a it's a great story but you can see even from that the expense that you would have to go to to create the planet to then have the planet destroyed to create the sets for the ship you can you can see the, the budget just just rocketing through the roof Right. within seconds of the opening titles let alone anything else mm-hmm. yeah I mean even this, the second season of Discovery is costing a lot of money uh, so yeah. I can and that's uh, I don't know how many episodes is it 13 episodes? 13. yeah 13 second season yeah um, so I mean maybe we'll see if, if there's enough money uh, generated from um from CBS All Access with all mm. the uh, all the Trek that's coming out, maybe in the future uh, we'll see something. Maybe in twenty twenty five. It's it seems like we started off this podcast with such a, a positive outlook on this, <laughs> and gradually we've just worn each other down over the last sort of hour and just go. Actually, you know what? We really don't want that to happen. Actually, that better not happen like that. That that real shame that's not happened, but you can see why it's not happened, and, mm-hmm. and you're kind of going, oh great, okay, so uh, right, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel slightly slightly suicidal by the end of this. Um, it's mm. um, it's it, yeah, just uh, I think there's have we maybe reached the the rumor mill saturation yeah. with track? Yeah, there's just so much out there that is is rumored, unsubstantiated, and uh, that. That there's just so much flying around that we as as commentators on this uh, from a, a writing point of view, from a podcasting point of view, we're overloaded with the material and we're kind of at the point where we're having difficulty working out what it's all about and whether or not this stuff's happening and whether or not it's worth happening and if it's diluting the brand and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, maybe we've become a a victim of its success in ourselves. My God, I'm getting a bit philosophical. It's, you know why it is? Because it's, it's, it's nearly one o'clock in the UK, and I think that's why I'm getting slightly... In, I'm getting really <laughs> deep in the thoughts here. Yeah, um, yeah but I, I, it's... it's Saying Al 5 would have been would have been a cracker. I, I truly believe that Nicholas Mayer would have done it absolute justice, and if the budget had been there, it probably would have happened. But they're going to have to... If it's going to happen, they're going to have to tone it down completely. Right. If we're to believe anything we've we've heard from that, but again, you know what? How much of it is truth? How much of it is rumor? It's it's all it's all up in the air, right? And the interesting thing is, CBS All Access has said that they want Star Trek on something new of twenty four seven, basically. Yeah, all the time, and we have lower decks, and we have SETI Alpha Five. Yeah, uh, Star Trek trademarks were filed which yeah. included lower decks seti alpha 5 along with one two three four others yeah so that means 
there's potentially four other series yeah that we that are in the works that we have no idea about and that one Starfleet of the- Academy one's got to be one that's been traded around for so oh. many years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one of these may be the Picard series, the title for a Picard series, I don't know. Um, maybe Destiny is uh, Star Trek Destiny. <laughs> Do you need to trademark Picard? Oh, yeah. Or has it already been, tra- has it already been trademarked? Mm. CBS must already own that name as a trademark. They must already own it because they wouldn't be stupid enough not to. Right. So here's my thought that that one is already done. I see. Mm. That, that's not one of the ones they've had to do there. They're ones for future projects that they're thinking of that have been in the works recently. The, the real life one for me screams of, of Nicholas Mayer. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that screams Nicholas Mayer all over it, that one. Yeah. That's, that's, that's got to be something linked into the whole, you know, it's got to be. It's, it's too much of a, of a, of a, a Wrath of Khan related name not right. to be something linked into that, the story of that ship or, uh, you can see the, the, the options on that one. Um, in Destiny, interestingly enough, is a, is a title of a series of Star Trek novels, mm. um, which have been very successful. They were crack. It's about the, the Borg return and pretty much their, their vi- near victory um, in the Alpha Quadrant. Um, Starfleet Academy has been banded around so many times. I even had the PC game of Starfleet Academy, if you remember that back in the, the mid-90s. Uh, you can still see all the videos for that on YouTube, um, which are very dated. Um, <laughs> and and yeah. Revolution, which would be, for my thoughts, would be the series that would be after Picard, it would be the furthest point we've gone in Star Trek future where it would be, you know, the, the crumbling Federation and that kind of thing that, that has been banded around again as a, as a potential animated series several times. Um, mm-hmm. That's where I would think those names are going. I, mean, I don't know if you've thought of, of anything different on, on what they may suggest is, is um, being batted around. Yeah, no, I don't know, but, to go along with your idea on the revolution of, mm. of being something in the future, mm. maybe that could tie in with Calypso somehow. Yeah. Where it's in the 30 or is it 30 the 30- something? Yeah. A thousand years in the future would be 32, yeah. 30, no, 30, yeah, 33 something, wouldn't it? It's yeah. 2300s, you were saying. Uh, great, great shot. As we were saying before we started this, you know, I, I managed to get to see two of the three, and I've got I've got the brightest star to watch um, very shortly. Um, obviously, through legitimate means, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I found thought Calypso was, was was a brilliant. And, and for me, you know, when we talk about you know, all these stories last 20, 30 years, for me, Calypso is probably Star Trek Discovery's first major milestone for me. The, the oh, wow. way of doing that for me it's I think I, I, I loved it I've watched it a couple of times and, and I love just the way it's done the way it's filmed the, the whole kind of video piece in there with the, with the film that they bring in when they bring in Funny Face and I, I just love the, the, the feel to it mm-hmm. um, and it's just so different and it's exactly what the short trick should have been used for that kind of storytelling um, although I understand that The Brightest Star is actually pretty good from, from what I've heard I would um, I would say it's the better of the three so far. Okay. But you seem to like Calypso a lot more than I did. 
Yeah, I just think that. I, yeah, it's just so different. It just, mm-hmm. it just. I don't know. It resonated for me. It's, I'm sure that again, you know, there were people out there who thought it was actually awful and it, it ruined everything. But again, it's opinion, isn't it? You know, we all have right. our own opinions, and and, right. and and this is something else we were talking about before we started recording. You know, there are people out there who despise discovery with a passion, but I just feel that with that, if you don't like it, just don't talk about it and don't watch it. Just sort off. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, you can bleep that out. Um, but if <laughs> no, you sorry. if you want to talk about it, if you want to talk about it and and, and enjoy it, great. And I think we've talked we talked about these series and the potential of oh, we know would we watch it? Do we think it's any good? I think we will end up watching all of it. There'll, there's mm. going to be something in there that probably I will go that you might you might go. Oh, you know what? Lower decks isn't quite what I want it to be. I'm kind of watching it for the sake of watching it. It might be a series that turns you off. You, you don't know. You really don't know until you see this stuff, um, right. and it's all—it's all personal opinion, and 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 you know, Discovery's personal opinion. Do do people? You know, you go back to Next Gen and Deep Space Nine and the films, and I can quite happily sit through Nemesis and not not complain. I I, can, I enjoy Nemesis. Mm-hmm. It's probably you know, I I can sit through. Um, first contact's fantastic. I, can, I like I like generations. I'm, I'm I'm not a great fan of the original version of Harry Mudd, but I'm sure there are people who think that's a great comedy character as part of the Trek. And, and mm-hmm. th- we're all full of opinions. And it's again with these series, you know, everyone will have their opinion. I just think that, that we need to that maybe some fans just need to kind of control how they're expressing that opinion. Right. Um, I'm not saying that it's wrong to express that you don't like it. I just think you need to do it in a express it in a way that is a tasteful not way. just yeah and it's not just this is my opinion and everybody else should follow it right <laughs> there you go right and i'm off i'm off my soapbox <laughs> i've had my soapbox moments for this episode <laughs> and let's bring it back in there you go sorry <laughs> no it's all good it's all good that's it i think we've talked about everything yeah so to sum up we're very interested in seeing the picard series iffy about lower decks and we wish we could see SETI Alpha 5 yeah um oh my god I think my opinions may have changed in all of this in the last Uh-oh. hour <laughs> no I mean I, I think I'm still I'm still very keen on the Picard series I think mm-hmm. I think the the driving force behind it will be Patrick Stewart and I think if it isn't if it wasn't Patrick Stewart behind it I think we would all have a lot more reservations I think he's there to calm the storm because oh. this is going to be the Kurtzman era's first foray into into you know quite some sacred ground so to speak you know they are going to be playing with a character that exists this is not a discovery where they're just kind of running with some a lot of a lot of new characters and maybe dropping in a sarek here and a a pike there who haven't really been developed they're going to be playing with a very heavily developed character and it's the original actor yes absolutely it's not going to be an interpretation of this character it has to be that character and it has to work that mm-hmm. is a very dangerous ground I mean, you know, lower decks is going to be completely new whatever area they set it in it's going to be new it's going to be different it's going to be interesting it's going to be unique in the star trek universe it is going to be very very unique and that's what i kind of like about this era is they're going for stuff that's different they really are trying to do stuff that's not just right we're going to go on a starship and then we're going to spend seven seasons doing this da, 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 da. they're trying to be different Discovery's definitely different um the picard series is clearly going to be complete curveball and lower decks is is you know just so out there it's just unreal 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I'm really excited about the Curse Mirror is that they are not just doing the same tropes over and over and over again. There is the variety in there, which is what could keep Trek alive for another 50 years. Well, I hope so. Um, I got back on that soapbox a little bit there. I'll, just have to, <laughs> I'll make sure I kick it out of the way next time, and I can't just quickly get back on it. Right. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my that's Clive's final thoughts, so to speak. Uh, I think that the franchising is a good place because it's thinking outside of the established sandbox. Right. I totally agree. I think that's a good place to leave the podcast. Totally. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, Clive, how can we find you on the internet? It's a good question. Um, you can find me on um, the some kind of Star Trek site, which is at www. God, do we even use that still? Um, S K O S T, so scost.co.uk. Uh, on Twitter, as at the warp core. Um, you can find us on Facebook. You just search for some kind of Star Trek on there. Um, but all my stuff is kind of across those sort of two or three platforms now. Um, it's. It, that, that's how you can find me. Otherwise, um, I'll give you my address and you can come. No, don't. I'm not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> I give my old, old address because I've moved. Uh, that's fine. You can go there and annoy whoever lives there. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm out there. I'd love to talk to anybody um, about the content on this that we've talked about today. I, I, I'm really quite enjoying the, the topics and, and where Trek's going at the moment. So yeah, and, and thank you for having me again, Aaron. It's it's always a pleasure to to come on for our annual uh, chat uh, and, and catch up. So we've been doing it for about six years now. Um, it's just it's always it's always good to kind of come back and see how we're doing yeah no doubt Uh, pleasure to have you and hopefully we can uh, have you on again maybe to talk about uh, discovery you know what let's say that we will and let's do it Uh, and let's not make it let's not make it a year this time let's say let's I'll tell you what what about um, let's do something after the first episode I'm happy I'm happy to do something after that first episode or second episode somewhere around there early on early doors and then we cool. can slate it. No, I mean, we can we can talk about it in a reasonable manner. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to carve it in stone right now. But yeah, I that sounds great. Definitely look forward to it. And uh, thank you all for listening. And uh, we'll catch you later. Latest. You have been listening to the Starfleet Escape podcast on the Four Eyed Radio Network. You can find us on the web at sfescapepod.com. Follow us on Twitter at sfescapepod. Like us on facebook.com slash sfescapepod. 